The following is a Journey into Comics Network production. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's the Podfather Nate here. This is the Journey into Comics Network Best of the Week show. Highlights from all of the shows that have released this week on our network for you to get a taste of everything that we've got going on. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Journey into Comics. Disney, Brando. We've been teasing this, and we keep teasing it some more, but I just recently read some news. They have finalized the deal and are working on the fine print of what the deal will entail monetarily speaking. Uh, Disney will be buying part of Fox, 20th Century Fox. Uh, You've got, they're going to have 30% stake in Hulu. I think that's important to note that Disney will own 30% of Hulu now. Does that change how the streaming service works? Will the Disney service be an add-on to Hulu moving forward? But it actually brings some more interesting questions because this deal being finalized means that 2018 is the last year we will have Fox created superhero movies. And it's a doozy. There's like three Fox or three or four Fox created superhero three. Fox created superhero movies coming out this year. You got New Mutants in April, Deadpool in July, and Dark Phoenix in November. And of course, within all of that, in October, you're going to have a Venom movie as well, which is Sony, but you, but I digress. So this deal being finalized, Brando, there's a lot of other stuff at play. I don't know if you heard this yet, but a big rumor has come out of the possibility of this deal being finalized. Someone is slated to return as a character that they just stopped playing. Hugh Jackman? Yes. His one caveat when he left was, the only way I'll do another movie as Wolverine is if it is alongside of the Avengers. The rumor is part of this deal being fast-tracked is so Hugh Jackman can actually make his debut in Avengers 4, the second half of the Infinity Story. Yes. So that's an interesting thing to talk about. So what do you think about this deal? Well, because, well, I mean, even if you introduce the Wolverine character without introducing any of the other X-Men, that's your, that, that, that's your toe in the water. That dips, that, that says mutants exist here. That means that in the Avengers world, you know, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, there's a merge somewhere. There's a, there's a play on things. These guys are mutants. Oh. And then with and then with Wolverine, you're like, this guy, he's a mutant. And then even if that's the only time he replays him and he kind of goes off and rides off in the sunset again, as if like Logan was his final and then Avengers is like him tipping the hat saying, Glad I could see you guys. And then he leaves. Then they look over there and there's this whole rainbow and shiny world of the X-Men. They can go. You know, when we lose Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans and Hemsworth, come on over here. We're going to be Professor all right. X, Magneto, Cyclops, Gambit, maybe Wolverine, Storm. You Then you have all these characters to work with and all these big, awesome comic characters who just easily step in. And then you have this new Marvel-created Fantastic Four. Absolutely. Uh, there are so many possibilities here. Uh, one thing I want to mention that's interesting, 
they definitely killed Quicksilver in the MCU, and yeah. Quicksilver still exists in Fox's universe. So maybe Infinity War, because of the timey wiminess and the way things will work, maybe Wanda will get her brother back. But it's not Aaron Taylor Johnson; it's Evan Peters. <laughs> You don't look like my brother at all. What? I'm so confused. Um. Oh man, I was also thinking of like, how cool would it be? Is like, when they get all these characters, and then and then they do the Infinity War, uh, like part two or Avengers four, and they have the crossover with Wolverine, and it's awesome, and we have all this cool resolution to the Thanos story, and then you have the after credit scene, which does nothing to build up the next movie. It has everything to do with Deadpool. I knew you were going to say it. Okay, let's hear it. What would you do? Well, because you could have him walk out and go, so what, you get Jackman? Like, who had the number one rated R-rated movie twice? Twice! Because I- I'm the guy who's, who literally saved the X-Men. Me! True. You know? And, it, and it, he could actually be, like, kind of, like, like, pretty angry about it. And pretty like ruffled. He's like, so you guys, this guy retired. He retired. He, he wouldn't even be in a movie with me. <laughs> and then he goes, you know what? You want know I think about your MCU and your Mickey Mouse ears? You can just go and then like cut it off right before he could say it. You know. Uh, I love that because it hypes it. It makes it fun. It gives Deadpool a a point in all of this. Alternately, it I puts think... him on an even bigger stage. Yes, yes. That way, when they do Deadpool three, you got a lot more people looking in on it. De- uh, now, granted, you do need to be careful with what he says because the Avengers are more family friendly. He could technically probably get away with an f bomb, but don't do it. Save it because what would you do? Is like you have this rogue guy coming onto your after credit scene. You're gonna be like, well, we're not gonna let him get away with too much here. Click. <laughs> I think that's the that would be the first f bomb in the MCU if he dropped it. I don't think probably. I, I don't think there's been a character in any of the MCU movies that have said fuck. If they they've said, they've, they definitely said shit and damn and asshole, but I don't think uh, the f bomb has ever been dropped. I would love it. Like you know how we did. Uh, you said you would like to see a Spider Man v Deadpool. Yes. And then so what the I whole do for movie, Deadpool three. The whole movie Deadpool's plotting his one f bomb. Yes. And then someone else says it. Oh, that would be hilarious. And then he is losing his mind and getting so mad, but he can't say the word fuck, so he sounds like the like the dad from a Christmas story. <laughs> he just starts making of <laughs> his own <laughs> fraggle. Snaggle fraggin. And then he's sitting there and goes, See, this is what I get. This is what I get when Disney buys out my studio. I sound like the dad from A Christmas Story. Yes. Oh, man, that's self-referential. See, with Deadpool, I think the other thing I would do is the movies for, for Infinity Part 2 is over, right? And wherever the scene ends, you see, like, a, a random garbage can in an alley. And there's something shiny sticking out of it. And Deadpool's just whistling, walking along. And he's, he's like, ooh, some shiny. And he grabs it, and it's the Infinity Gauntlet. Of course, it doesn't have any of the stones. It's the it's the shitty gauntlet that Thanos had without stones, because I'm guessing the stones will be destroyed or put in safekeeping or whatever. But Deadpool's like, 
I'm going to get to work on this right away. And then it flash forwards like 15 seconds and he's at the arcade trying to win fake rings to put into the thing. <laughs> you know, like he's trying to figure it out. He's like, I got it. I, I'm going to, I got to just win this yellow ring and then I have the soul stone. <laughs> It'd just be a play on how, you know, asinine that is. Uh, I love that this is happening. You know, I, I said to you privately the other day that I think that today or tomorrow we'll get the news. Well, today being yesterday and tomorrow being today, time travel. That we'll get the news that Fox is going gonna, is gonna to make this deal official. But I just heard it looks like it'll happen right around Christmas. All right. So how funny would it be also to have an after credit scene where Deadpool has all the Avengers on their knees. And he's walking around with a leather jacket and a baseball bat. Oh, my God. That would be hilarious. And he's like, wait, so you were expecting something different? <laughs> and he's like, and he's like waving. He's waving the bat around. Like, what say you, Tony Stark? It, hmm? It'd be funnier, though, too, also, if, like, it was like a, like, kind of how Dick did his Deadpool Negan. It's a wiffle ball the bat. Lights. But then, like. <laughs> The wiffle ball bat can shoot water, so he's like pointing it and then just like spraying people in their faces. They're like, oh, "Come on!" Well, how cool would it be if if he went to go get hit Iron Man and it just bing gets ow? God, that didn't work. Jeez, that hurts. Yeah, what are you made out of iron? Ah, uh, uh, yeah, uh, I get it. <laughs> uh, you know, so we talk a little bit about the X Men in this and Deadpool. You said it too, though. Fantastic Four. If this happens, Fantastic Four coming home. Marvel's first family will be home. The the team that really created the Marvel Universe, because the Fantastic Four, as you know, are the first Marvel book that Stan Lee wrote. Uh, it was his own project, and it kicked off the new love of superheroes, Spider-Man to follow. The reason that in the Amazing Spider-Man number one there's a Fantastic Four cameo is because the Fantastic Four were already such a well-established team, thinking in advance and planning the future out. They you know put those universes together. So this means there's only one property other than Spider-Man, which I'm going to talk about this in a second. That means there's only one property that Marvel does not have the rights to fully do. Um, and that's Universal Studios. They still actually own Namor. And I think that deal is up in like six months, though. So before this is all said and done, Marvel's going to get all the rights to everybody back. As of tonight, we will know who got elected to the Alabama Senate seat. Is it going to be Roy Moore or Doug Jones? And they're close. Neither of them have like 51% or more of the vote, but I think last time I looked, Doug Jones had 47% and Roy Moore had 46%. But this could all change. This is just polling ahead of time. And I know I'm definitely going to probably be put something out either through text or as an additional episode like a 0.5 or a special report on this election to really get into it really if doug jones wins there won't be a whole lot to talk about but if roy moore wins that's setting a dangerous precedent and i remember seeing something a while back regarding um 
what we saw with Al Franken and what we saw with Roy Moore. And it was something I think I saw, I think it was in a newspaper. It said, Democrat or not, you're a sexual predator and that's all that matters. And then underneath it, it says, sexual predator or not, you're a Republican and that's all that matters. And I think if Roy Moore wins, that proves that statement accurate. That you could be whoever you are, you could be the scum of the earth, and as long as you're a Republican, you're going to get elected by people who want to see Republicans in charge. Regardless of your history, regardless of what you're doing, if they can count you in the box as a Republican vote for everything they want to do, they're going to back you. That's the reason Trump's supporting him. That's the reason he got the RNC and all of these other Republicans to support him. There have been a lot that have been having a clear case of conscience, but Trump's not even saying through all this that vote for Roy Moore, he's a great guy. He says, vote for Roy Moore so he can vote the way we want him to vote, which is almost like blackmail. It's like, I'll help you get elected, but you're going to have to vote for everything I put on this table, the tax bill, healthcare repeal, all of this stuff. I need your vote in the Republican column because they have, I think the best case they have is a 51-49. If they have a 52-49, they're pretty golden on terms of all these half or more. But if the Democrats get it, it'll be 51-50 or something like that, which means all they need is one vote gone, and it's a, it's a loss. Two votes... Or one, well, if it's one vote loss, it'd be 50-50. Unless they go the other side, then it would be a majority the other way. It's all sorts of complicated, but I know they really want Roy Moore to win mainly to push this healthcare repeal repeal through. And speaking of the healthcare repeal, I know um, there's been kind of some stuff going on with that. And we know the healthcare bill passed last week, so now the Senate has a health, or not a healthcare, a tax bill, and the House has a tax bill. But they're not exactly the same. I know we criticize this whole thing about there being notes in the margins and all this stuff that really is ridiculous and no large scoping government level document should have essentially doodles or markings in the side and pages crossed out and notes written. That's not how this should be. It should be clear. It should go through a process. It shouldn't be tried to it shouldn't be pushed through in the middle of the night just to get the vote. I'm just kind of sick of how Congress is doing it, how the House and Senate are trying to push through all this crap that it's not being vetted. They're just doing it because they can, not because they should. And the healthcare, or not the, the tax bill, sorry, I have healthcare on the brain, I guess. The tax bill is just kind of a mess. And they still have to sell these together, vote on a new one with both houses, and then have the president write it up. So I found an article from, from a couple weeks ago, actually last week, regarding the how the, the main differences between the House and Senate bill that have to be solved. So here's the notable ones we're talking. There's 13 of them. It's um, when the individual provisions expire. Senate says it expires in 2025 and the houses are permanent. Uh, number two, the mandate to buy health insurance. Senate eliminates it by reducing the penalty to $0 and House preserves it. Tax bracket and rate. Senate says keep seven tax bracket but changes but changes and in most instances lower the rates. The new rates would be 10, 12, 22, 24, 32, 35, and 38 and a half. The House calls for four brackets, 12, 25, 35, and 39.6. Not sure what these fractional values are and what they have to do with anything. Um, standard deductions, Senate raises it 
to 12,000 from 6350 for single filers, which sucks. Uh, to 18,000 from 9350 for heads of household to 24,000 from 12,700 for joint filers. Oh, wait, these are deductions. Maybe it's not as bad. Um, the house raises it to 12,200 for single filers to 18,3 for heads of household to 24,4 for joint filers. These are all be important to me because by the time all these go into effect, I'll be close to getting married and have to do all this stuff. Um, number five, child tax credit. Senate increases it to 2000 from 1000 but the additional 1000 would not be refundable, meaning many low- and middle-income tax filers likely wouldn't receive the increased portion of the credit. It allows it for children under 18 up from 17 today, but only until 2025, and makes the full credit available to higher-income families. House increases it to 1600 from 1000 but the additional 600 would not be refundable makes it available to higher income families. So make a lot of money, you get more money back, which is, doesn't make any sense. Uh, new family credit. Senate creates a temporary $500 credit for dependents who aren't children. House creates temporary $300 personal credit for parents and their non-child dependents. Um, number seven, the mortgage interest deduction. Senate keeps it as is. House lowers the amount of mortgage debt on which interest may be deducted to $500,000 from $1 million. Okay. Uh, number eight, medical expense deduction. Senate keeps it in place and temporarily lowers the adjusted gross income threshold that must be met to qualify for it. Today, you must deduct medical expenses that exceed 10% of your adjusted gross income. That would be lowered to 7.5%. The House eliminates it. So far, I'm kind of liking the Senate more, at least on, during some of this stuff. Uh, teachers deduction for school supplies. Senate doubles it from five to 500 from 250 and the House eliminates it. With a fiancé who's a teacher, I am all for the Senate's version of this. Uh, number 10, graduate student tuition waiver. Senate keeps it in place. House eliminates it. Yeah, I'm still really liking the Senate one on this. Um, 11, student loan interest deduction. Senate keeps it in place. House eliminates it. As someone who's still paying off their student loan debt, I am all still all for the Senate's version to keep it in place. Number 12, alternative minimum tax. Senate keeps it but raises the amount of money exempt from it through 2025, then income exemption level reverts to present law. And the House repeals it. Still kind of like the Senate. 13, estate tax. Shields, uh, Senate shields more people from it by doubling the exemption level to $11 million for individuals and $22 million for couples. House doubles the exemption level for six years, then repeals the estate tax in 2024. Yeah, I really, after reading all this, I, don't, I haven't read the... House or Senate tax bill in detail because the House one is way too many pages to read and there's notes written in the margin, so it's not really worth my time to read something that's essentially garbage. Senate, still haven't read it. Um, I don't know the length of two. They're probably both very long documents, and I hope it doesn't screw over the middle class and lower income families the way it sounds to be. So hopefully it gets resolved and they're able to fix it in 2018 going forward. So I'm guessing depending on how the election goes tonight, that this could equal a wave in 2018 of a lot of flip seats, which would, if there ends up being a Democratic majority in the House or the Senate or both, it'll make the rest of Trump's presidency in his first term rough. And it'll probably lash out and who knows what will happen. But we could probably reverse some of the stuff he's been trying to do or block him from doing stuff that he wants to do anyway. I would expect more executive orders, but there's not a whole lot he can do in, for some things. I guess now I should, sorry, I'm using a different computer than usual, trying to, and I guess I should, um, 
before I really forget, which kind of ties into the episode title of today, which is uh, Two Resignations and an Election. So the same day, or right around the same day that Democratic uh, Senator Al Franken resigned based on all the sexual allegations, Arizona Representative, Republican Representative Trent Franks resigned following similar or not similar, but following his own sexual assault allegations. So that is a Republican and Democrat that both resigned very close together, both on things. So all the stuff that's happened between Hollywood and businesses and politics and all this stuff, it's really coming to a head. It's not, there's no group of people, no job that is immune to this. We've seen it in the entertainment industry. We've seen it in the government industry. We've seen it everywhere. And this is only the beginning. I feel like what started probably way back with Bill Cosby is now moving forward. And a lot of people, a lot of it's coming to light now that people are more comfortable sharing. So looks like today could be make or break. If we elect someone with these kind of sexual, not really allegations, but all this misconduct against him, then they're really saying that they don't care about this person. They all I care about is a party. And I really hate the people that vote straight party lines. Do I have everybody's attention now? His broken brilliance might be gone, but he is now woken. (laughs) What do you think of this new creation of Hardy? Uh, Well, I'm I'm obviously excited to see what they do with it uh, because it's been a long time coming. It's been almost kind of like a, a soap opera with will they, won't they, will they be able to tease it here, tease it there, can't do it, but want to do it. And now that uh, TNA slash GFW slash Impact Wrestling slash Owlman. Owl, yeah, owl, fuck the owl, I don't know. Now that they have officially given up, uh, Matt Hardy's going to own the broken Matt character. And the universe, and he's going to be able to do the the character whenever and however he wants. And it seems like the deal that they have struck with WWE is to use the term woken instead of broken. That would allow there not to be any sort of legal mumbo jumbo should they decide to leave the company. Uh, you know, they'll be able to be broken, but while they're here, they're going to be woken. And you, they can still use the same stuff. They could do the same delete. They could do all this kind of stuff. But, you know, legalities, legalities. And it's obvious that this was a, something that was mutually agreed upon. And, uh, I mean, it's just a... Uh, it, it's not that big of a departure for term. It works. You know. Yeah. And he's literally the exact same. Yeah, of course. Uh, and, I can't, and I can't wait for Jeff to come back from injury to see how... Brother Nero is going to play in. He can't be Brother Nero, right? Wouldn't he be like Brother Hero or something? Brother Zero? (laughs) Brother Hero. (laughs) Brother Hero. I don't know. Or Um, um, I I don't know. This is crazy because I remember when we first started this show, Journey into Wrestling, we were very early, maybe second or third episode, we talked about the birth of the Broken Universe. Right, mm-hmm. they had the the 
first time they did it, it was in the barn, and I remember Matt did his finisher off onto, like, an actual fucking dining room table. It, yeah, and it, like, was awful. Like, oh my. That, that looked spot looked horrible. Like, like not, 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 not as in it didn't look good. It looked painful. It looked like it really fucking hurt, yes. So it's cool to see now that it's, like, um, I feel like the – Matt Hardy's gimmick has been on the injured list for eight months, <laughs> and he's finally coming off of injury, you know? Uh, so it's really good to see this Woken character. Uh, it's fun that they're using it to be a versus Bray Wyatt because of Wyatt and the character he's created. So now, if you're going to have the vignette-style things with it or not, I mean, that's kind of like the House of Horrors or whatever that Bray did was a was kind of a pre-taped thing, you know, a lot of that those segments that were uh vignette style. So it really works to that broken or quote unquote woken universe. Will we get the Hardys wrestling in their ranch? Maybe not, but maybe, who knows? I don't know. This is um interesting territory. I love that uh he calls Bray Wyatt the consumer of terrestrial entities. <laughs> yeah, uh, and apparently Matt is going to be given a creative license with this from Vince to, to kind of kind of do what he wants with it, um, which is good. I mean, obviously, he, it has to adhere within what they want to do within the company. He can't go and completely go offhand and do something outrageous. But Vince is going to kind of let him be hands on with this, along with the creative team, and like you know obviously matt won't get won't matt will not have to do hopefully whatever matt does not want to do yeah with this character and uh from what i'm understanding it is that vince feels like it he's he's excited to take advantage of a character who's already established uh to where they don't have to do the groundwork on it it's already there all they all they got to do now is let it write and let it kind of play out and let it do it and let this whole thing kind of unfold. So that's a lot of fun. And I do wonder if done properly, this is in, we're, we're in December now, it's a long ways away. But if you build it up slowly, slowly, you could get a mania match out of this between Matt and Bray Wyatt. Oh, yeah, you could. Either that or you could do. The first one-on-one match at what at whatever Rumble? pay-per-view, huh? Would it be Rumble? I would put them both in the Rumble <clears throat> and have them cross paths there. That's the first time that they touch is where Bray is in the ring or Matt is in the ring by themselves, and then the other person comes out, and then they have the rings to themselves, or people are backing up or whatever, and then the first one-on-one match is the one. It is the pay-per-view before uh, Mania. But it's not... It doesn't finish. It doesn't come to a head. Because then Jeff comes back. Interference. And then uh, either you bring back a Wyatt, man, a Wyatt family member or make a new one. You can always expand Bray's universe. Yep. And, and do something new. Bo Maybe Dallas. Killian Dane. Ooh, ooh, that's a cool thing. Have him leave Sanity in favor of joining Bray. That would be Maybe fucking bring sick. Sanity up. Ooh. Have sanity. Oh, I love that. I but I think okay, here's my the danger with bringing Sanity up from NXT is 
I feel like one of the members is getting fucked if that happens. I feel like Nikki Cross needs to win the NXT women's title. I think that's important to her development. So I think that she would get stuck not being brought up is the only thing I would see there. Well, I think she's good enough to leave Sanity, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. And I feel like she could uh, she could remain. Or either you bring up all of them or you bring up Killian Dane, because then you can end up doing... You know, Broken Matt and Brother Nero and uh, have them, you know, in the Mania match against Bray and, for example, Killian Dane at at Mania, uh, just for example. So that way you keep it two on two. And then that's the blow off. Uh, You can do that. I don't know if you would want to take it that far or if they want to take it that far with one feud. Or if they want to, you know, have Matt do something else or have Bray do something else. it It's all subjective. I'm excited, though, because uh, to, to hear that Vince is behind it and that he is letting Matt do what he wants with it, you know, that's less work that Vince has to do. Yeah. Or, you know, uh, so that's that, 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 and that's great because now, I mean, watching that vignette and having Matt do that friend dresser laugh was just <laughs> and they kept cutting back and forth <laughs> bray laughing <laughs> bray <laughs> oh yeah i can't do it i'm terrible it, it, at it's it. great though because matt dude matt gets into it oh yeah he does i because when he started this character broken matt hardy he didn't break character he was trying to bring yes. kayfabe back. He would do interviews as Broken Matt. He was doing ev- literally everything as Broken Matt Hardy. So it's cool to see this Woken. Will we see Senior Benjamin? Will we see Ruby show up? Uh, Ruby Sky? Uh, or Rebby Sky? Is, is it? Rebby. Rebby? It is Rebby. I always fuck that up and I remember. Um, I guess there's a, there is a WWE 24 Maybe it's 24. It's going to be about the Hardys coming back. Oh, cool. And I guess Rebby just got interviewed. Oh, sweet. Because she, she posted online. It was a picture of her getting you know interviewed in front of the cameras and whatnot. And whoever quoted this was probably from... She's doing this to take a jab at TNA. Where it says that you are going to prevent, you know, like, you know... Your mouth will prevent your husband from ever going, you know, from ever getting, you know, brought back. And WWE wouldn't touch you with a 10-foot pole. Damn. And she posted she posted those quotes with a picture of her sitting there getting interviewed with the cameras. Man, uh, there's a couple interesting things that have been happening with Twitter with the Broken Universe, too. I guess there's a drone that's a part of the Broken Universe that just woke up for the first time. <laughs> Uh, Senior Benjamin's profile just uh, tweeted something in Spanish that was like, uh, did someone call me or someone just <laughs> called? So it seems like there's they're, they're definitely teasing it, and I love that that's the possibility. If it was me, I like your idea of making Bray and uh, Matt not touch each other till the Rumble. My thought would be if you're going to have them in there one-on-one, they still don't touch in the ring. They literally eliminate themselves and then just start going to town at each other outside of the ring. Because that's just some chaotic thing you wouldn't expect to happen.
Yep. <laughs> the the A team of podcasts. Yeah, pretty much. We're. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like I I feel like I I see all these other podcasts, and you know, I haven't really listened to very many outside of like the big hitters that I listen to, like the Rooster Teeth podcast, uh, the Game Over Greggy show, and a couple others. Like you got those big hitters, but uh, like I'm part of this. Uh, uh, this podcasting group on Facebook that, and you know, I haven't really even tried to listen to any other podcast besides what's on my net, my own network. So, and I, I just don't really want to, because it's all a bunch of really, it's, it's odd how many like true crime podcasts are out there. Like, Oh yeah. Like all these podcasts about like detective work and like, and, it, and it's, some of it's even like just made up. It's, it's scripted. Yeah. It's, it's weird. I'm like, it, it doesn't like that kind of that style of podcast just doesn't make sense to me it's like why would you uh, i don't it's, know it's so they'll build up an audience get something interesting going on and then they move on to the next it's weird I mean, to me. It's, it's it's weird to me i mean to each their own and i'm i'm glad that's that's a thing that people can do and enjoy but to me like podcasting's this right here just sitting here having a good chat with somebody talking about world events talking about uh, entertainment and what what the things that we love and uh, like one of the things you and I have always connected over was music. Oh yeah. So and um, I think I think our friendship budded on Facebook. Like that's that's where it got its start because I I, 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 known, I think I think it began with uh, just a bunch of trolling and yeah. then we started talking about yeah. music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. Uh, okay. So I've known I've known your wife Erica for about five years now. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, she, she eventually started tattooing me after I think a year, almost two years of knowing her. And then, um, then you added me on Facebook Mm -hmm. when you guys were dating. And, uh, I was like, okay, I'll I'll add this guy. Yeah. (laughs) And then you started, I, of course there was all the trolling, which you are (laughs) an absolute master at. You, you are the king of pissing people off. Mm -hmm. I, I must say. Yes. I think uh, I think my record is a uh, I think ninety eight unfriends in a day. Oh wow! Yeah. What do you do? You remember what caused that? Honestly, I think it was that um, the uh, I I don't care about the politics, whatever feminism <laughs> nonsense thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow! What, what what's some of your your better trolls? What's some of your better like? things that you've done to piss people off there's been a lot um, of good ones honestly uh from, from what i've noticed uh what pisses people off the most is going on a lot of serious forums and just making it known that i'm offended <laughs> I, you just you just yeah. go and make a post say i'm offended yeah and then you got to throw in the, the straight face emoji towards the yes. end and then that yes. adds on about you know 35 max comments of people call me a piece of shit <laughs> yeah yeah oh my god i love that i love that straight face emoji because and and you you've you you got me using it with your classic uh the the okay signal yes with the finger pointing towards it which is a signal for uh butt stuff yes and so you got that with the straight face emoji next to it and uh, i i do i um I think you did that to me once, and I sent the. I, I sent, I've done it to you more than once. Oh, oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, and then I replied with the, the fist instead of the finger. <laughs> <laughs> I do that. I do that to my. Well, I send that to my girlfriend all the time. 
and she's like are you are you sure <laughs> i'm like oh uh i need an adult <laughs> but yeah so yeah it started with the trolling and then oh yeah and then i started seeing you i started seeing you post yourself playing music uh on like and videos and stuff there's a lot of stained songs and um slowly i started seeing you uh i think i can't remember if we had really been hanging out yet or not but um we we hung out when i moved into my house and uh West Lafayette. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, because you needed your computer put yes, together. Yes, that was the first time we hung out. And then I never heard Aww. from you again. Yep, I'm it's been <laughs> it's been three years. It's, yeah. been, it's been three years, and this is the first time. Yeah, totally. <laughs> no, you, you, yeah, you, you helped me uh, by help by helped me. I mean, you literally did the whole thing. I I bought all the pieces, and I I, I began that night to try to put it together, and it was just all. It was all Spanish to me. It was, it was all like a completely different language. Everybody's like, "It's just like Legos. You just plug them in." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna destroy a thousand dollars worth of computer equipment if I just do this yeah. myself." So, uh, of course, you answered the call, the the cry for help on Facebook, and said, "Hey, come over." Oh yeah. No, on the bright side, it actually really is hard to you know to mess up when it comes to putting those things together because the computer just doesn't work. Yeah. And then you just. <laughs> Well, the thing I was worried about was like frying something. I didn't want to plug the wrong thing oh, yeah. in somewhere wrong, and then the wrong fucking uh, just electrons just moving through, you know, and be like, "Yep, fuck this thing. Gonna blow this thing up <laughs> right now." Uh, I didn't want that to happen, and then have to buy a whole new setup. So, oh, uh, yeah, I understand. You, you definitely came in clutch there. You, you helped me build the the beast that is my computer. I've since graduated and started doing things on my own. Nice. Uh, yeah, and then I think the the next time after that uh, we hung out was at uh, Doom Room, I believe. Hmm. I think it wasn't at the uh, actual Doom Room. Uh, though. The I think it was, yeah, yeah. The th- oh, it wasn't. We hung out before that. Yeah. I don't well, know. we we hung out when it came to computer stuff. But yeah. Like, yeah. Th- it, those weren't really interesting, so I don't really count them. <laughs> true. True. <laughs> yeah, I used you for a while. Yeah. It happens. <laughs> no, that 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 computer. It's I. It still lives on. It still lives on. Yeah. Uh, I I'm, I changed motherboards. I changed cases. But you know, uh, just the, the heart. The heart of it's still there. The heart. The heart still goes on. The, the heart drive. Yeah, but <laughs> the heart goes on. Copyrighted. You do an awesome cover of that. <laughs> I remember the first time I heard you play that. I was, uh, yeah, we were just chilling here, and you just you started playing it and. It wasn't even until like the chorus that I re- or like just before the chorus that I realized what the fuck you were singing. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, I think that was the last night I drank too. It was like yeah. with you. Oh shit. Super drunk and start playing. Yeah, that, that was the night we did our uh, like hour hour and a half live drunken fucking acoustic show <laughs> that for whatever reason only ten minutes of it got uploaded. Like when I uploaded it, it's like oh yeah uploaded. I'm like cool. Yeah. And I watched it, and it's only 10 minutes long. I'm like, what the fuck? We did this for an hour. Yeah, but it says it's an hour long. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was really no. fucking weird. <laughs> I was not okay with that. Oh, no. I was not okay with that, because we had some good shit yeah. on there. You're just going to have to thank Facebook for that one. Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. That was also the night that uh, I tried VR for the first time. Yeah. The, the best way anybody should try VR for the first time. Drunk? Yes. Ish. I, I wasn't drunk by that point. But, um, yeah, yeah. 
that was that was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. I haven't I haven't done VR since. Uh, I haven't really had much desire to. Uh, yeah, me me neither. Like, it, it it's a fun thing whenever like you're you're first discovering the the virtual reality and all that. But when it, when it comes down to it, it's just one of those things. It's like you don't want to have that helmet on <laughs> all the time when you're wanting a game. And deep down inside, what you really want to do is use it for porn. <laughs> Like, oh, I guarantee I would. <laughs> I guarantee you I would. Uh, like, there have been so many times I've been tempted to just buy, like, that super simple setup and just hook it up to my computer and be like, yep, getting the lotion out, going to light some candles, and uh, yes. it's time. Yes. It's time. Because I, I was always tempted, but I was also afraid that if I did that, like, I would I would never leave. <laughs> I, I would just be like, I would just pass out and... and like dick in hand fucking <laughs> vr headset on still on someone come home and find me like that it's like oh. die from a heart attack oh the, that poor yeah. that poor boy uh yeah. yeah 4k 4k porn can only get me so far <laughs> i mean for the longest time i loved 4k porn it was like looking through a window at people fucking oh like, yeah so which, which totally satisfied my my like uh my creepers my mm-hmm. creeper uh fetish you know you could watch for hours and not get arrested (laughs) (laughs) only for a couple hours and then that's when the police come yes (laughs) for real though 4k porn truly a godsend i love it it's great looks so good i'm I'm a quality snob when it comes to movies and tv and porn Mm -hmm. Uh, boobies never looked so great (laughs) except for i guess sometimes it's even better than real life it's like man yeah yeah, I, I feel like they do something special, like in those points, just to make boobs. Just like you, it's you lighting. Are, it's lighting. Yeah. That's all it is. You watch hours <laughs> of like boobs on mm-hmm. you know some porn site, and then you see them in real life. It's just like such a letdown. Yeah, yeah. It's lighting. It's all lighting. Good have some pickups of course last week uh, I picked up my switch my Super Mario Odyssey red switch I love it it's really snazzy I really love the red on my uh, what's really cool it recognizes the color of the joy cons huh yeah I didn't that. yeah yeah hmm. like and when it's like when, when, like when you're in the menus and stuff and you're like plugging stuff in it doesn't just show two it, it says one red one red and uh, I've seen video where it says one blue, one blue, and then like the the, the neon. Yeah. It's like this is the future. <laughs> this is the uh, future. It knows. But of course, I picked up. I have the digital version of Mario Odyssey, which I want to get physical, but I'm not paying sixty dollars for it after I already have it. Yeah. I'm gonna wait a long time to pick up that game. Yes. On physical copy, I'm gonna get that as dirt cheap as I can ever possibly get that game. And then of course, uh, I picked up Skyrim, which was the surprise last yeah, week. Yeah. I picked up Skyrim. And, um, which my wife sat downstairs and played. Yeah, while we recorded the little Journey to Comics segment, which yep. was almost about um, like we I think it, it was about a half hour, and then she, uh, yeah, she she so she fiddled around with that. I got to play a little bit of it, but not much last week because I didn't have a lot of time to play anything last week. Yeah, uh, but I picked up La Noire. Uh, this is the remaster of the last gen 360 PS3 game uh, released by Rockstar. It was uh, uh, Team Bondi, Bendy. I can't remember. 
who in the heck uh, developed this. There, I don't think the team even exists anymore. I want to say they were like a um, oh uh, Australian developing company. Uh, and this game is notable because this game was in development for a long time. It has uh, notable actors in it. You will see people you recognize if you watch a lot of TV. People who are in like uh, like nobody characters and like Law and Order and uh, so like that. You know, like reoccurring small characters. You're like, oh, that guy. Yeah. I recognize him because this this game doesn't just scan their face. They they set up like a bunch of cameras at different points, and they sat around it and they acted out the scenes. And then they took all that footage from all those angles, and then like kind of did what they did. If you guys ever watched the movie A Scanner Darkly with Keanu Reeves, it they 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 filmed it and then they animated over it. Right. So when you play this game, it captures all their little facial stuff because it's not dots. It's actually the footage of their face that they've mapped into the game, which is awesome. It is awesome, it, and it's kind of creepy when you first start, but then you kind of like get kind of get used to it. Well, because, I mean, for for the premise of the game, oh, for you to check if they're lying, exactly and stuff like that. Yeah, it works. And of course, the main character Cole Phelps, he's played by I can't remember the actor's name, but he was in Mad Men. He was like a like a side character in Mad Men, and then uh, I remember that one of the guys I was like um, I was interrogating. I'm like, this guy is who is this guy? I know him. I knew who is this guy. I'm not getting mad. I looked him up. He and he played Tim Allen's brother in Home Improvement. Oh, what? Back in the 90s. And I'm like, no way. It's, it's just like, I just recognized the face after all those years and uh, couldn't place it. But this game is really cool because I, I love the whole, uh, like, I almost want to say, um, like uh, old detective style of, you know, the whole like narration type thing. It doesn't have a whole lot of narration in this, but it has like those weird little like the same music style with the horns. Right, yeah. And, and like the saxophone and whatnot. And um, I almost said uh, Dick Tracy. But there's, it'd, it'd be close, I mean. <laughs> no, I mean, none of the wacky villains or anything like that. But I, I love the, you just go through the motions of trying to solve crimes and, you know, be a cop. And, uh, you know, as you said, interrogate people, but looking at the crime scene, looking at clues. Look, and you can actually, uh, the game has music. If the music is playing at the scene, there's still clues to be found. You can turn all that off. I don't think I would. <laughs> but. At least you'd know that there's clues. Right. Well, well, because there's a slight little, like, background music. And then when you find everything, it goes, no, 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 no. And then, okay, I found everything here. Right. You know, and, and usually I get kind of, t- it was with what he says or what his partner says, it kind of clues you in that you're done. Right. But it, but it still does that anyway. And then when you start getting close to a clue or something that you can interact with, it, it'll go ding. It'll be like the small little ding or like the Joy-Cons or your, your controller will start vibrating. Huh. And you can turn all that stuff off too, hmm. which is like ridiculous. But, I mean, it it, it, it it is a bit of a slow pace game in that aspect because you actually have to go search around and look around and find clues, piece stuff together. Because um, you either talk to them and you either like believe what they're saying is true, doubt them, or accuse. You cannot accuse unless you have something to back it up. If you accuse them before you do that, it can actually ruin the conversation. Huh? You know, actually, like, because, like, say you're trying to piece this, you know, because it'll tell you after you're done out of how many four or five or six out of that you got right out of the out of the conversation. Huh. And it'll actually tell you, like, when you're, like, sitting there and you're trying to gauge whether or not their statement is true or false. Um, 
it'll tell you right there, you know, correct or incorrect. And, um, of course, I've actually played one where, uh, you know, well, most of the game I was doing great. And in, in this one case, I just flubbed it entirely. I'm like, <laughs> what in the world? Like, everything. I'm like, I, he, come on. He was lying. And it was like, no, he's just kind of a shady dude. <laughs> but... This game for the Switch, there is a big update for it, guys. It's about 13 gigabyte update. Be be prepared for that. You cannot play the game until you download it onto your Switch or to a memory card. It took me about, uh, on my internet, my Switch gets about 20 uh, megs per download. There's a lot of stuff on my Wi-Fi at home. If I went through and turned everything off, I might be able to get more. Right. But for what it is, I don't use it on the online a lot. And so it took about an hour, almost two hours, about an hour and 50 minutes is when it locked in. And... Uh, there's nothing in it other than, I mean, Eleanor's in the system. I got Skyrim right there. He just tossed it in there. But, yeah, nothing nothing nowadays seems to come with a manual or a map or anything yep. like that. It's all right there. But Only a handful of games do that anymore. Out of, out of all the games that I got today, this is the only one that I actually sat down and played today. And, and last night, I, I put the games in, and I got their, up, their, their updates so I could start playing them whenever I want. But I wanted to see how this looked because I was curious because I heard some stuff about – the the remaster of this. I did not know this game was made, tailor-made for the PS3. Huh. Uh, typically, in the last generation, it was the opposite. Right. Games were easier to develop for for the 360, using the whole uh, DirectX 10 right. type thing, and uh, more of a PC-friendly type, a way to port back and forth. You can make it on the PC, port it to the 360, working fine, and then, then you look at the PS3 and go, how are we going to make this work? <laughs> yeah. Because the PS3 had the cell processor. They utilized the cell processor when they were developing L.A. Noir. So when you have the last-gen copy, the PS3 is the superior copy to have. And that is very uncommon for a third-party yeah. game. Typically, when you're talking about the PS3 and people are like, only the exclusives show the power. And it's like, yes, but here's a rare example of a third-party one that actually... Kind of goes above and beyond. And, of course, the 360 copy of this game is three discs. <laughs> it's a big game. It's a big game. Um, what else do I have to say? Oh, I saw a video uh, comparing the PS3 to the Switch. And then, of course, to the PS4 Pro and Xbox One X. And this game runs mostly superior to the PS3. And as, as far as one thing, and that's like... Total frames. Like, when you're running and there's stuff going on, the frames do kind of slow down a little bit. On dock mode or handheld? Um, I kind of want to say it was both. Uh, it, it didn't drop to the point where it was unplayable. But when you put both side by side and he's running, you can you can tell the slowdown because dude over here was ahead than this dude over here. Like, the whole game kind of slowed down a little bit. But it's not unplayable. It's not... Too right. noticeable unless you're like look at them side by side. If you're sucked in the game chasing after, dude, you're focusing on that and not too much because it it's not like to where uh, you're like, wow, I can't even move. Right. No, no. It's it, the game is running, and the other thing is draw distance. Um, in the handheld mode, the draw distance is less, of course. Right. Because but it, but it's to the point where you're like you don't even really to notice it too much because you're it's a smaller screen. You know, and you're looking at it. I was playing it just earlier, and it looks fantastic. The, the, to think that these games are now in your hand. Yes. Playable. Not the new WWE game, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. But but that's beside the point. 
and that's why I wanted to get this. This has all the DLC from the last generation on it. So you don't have to worry about that. Same for same if you get it on the PS3 and Xbox. Right. PS3, I'm sorry. PS4 and Xbox One. I got it. <laughs> all these numbers, dude. Uh, I'm just getting all over myself. But uh, this was 50 bucks, And the PS4, Xbox One version is $40. They put a little bit more effort in, into this one because you have motion controls and you have touch controls. Right. Um, so that they added just a little bit of extra umph into this, which is the extra $10. That's okay with me. Um, I wanted it for the Switch. I could easily got this for the PS4, but mobility. I, you know, it, yeah, it's that mobility, and it's the fact that it looks just fine on the TV. I'm not a graphics whore or anything like that. I play retro games. I mean, come on. I mean, as long as the game is playable and it's fine, I'm, I'm cool. Right. I'm not gonna sit there and go, "Oh, this game could look so much better," because obviously, I know it could. Yeah. You know, I'm just gonna enjoy the experience that it gives me, and uh, I've heard that the superior version to have is definitely the Xbox One X version. That runs at a full, um, you know, frame, 4K, and right. with no slowdown. And PS4 Pro has a little bit of its. The resolution isn't quite there, so it does look a little jagged because it like upreses it. It takes a 1080p signal and upreses it to right. that, where the Xbox One X actually just pops right. it up. Um, but awesome if you're ever, if you're looking for something else for your Switch, uh, check out Elena Noir because. Um, Rockstar put it out, and if we buy Rockstar products on the Switch, we may get more. I'm not saying they will. I'm just, it <laughs> makes sense. They're yeah. they're dipping their toe into that water going, how's this doing over here, and how do people care about our games? We were, we were, we were going to release this anyway for the other two systems. Let's put it over there and see how it does. And if it does badly, all right, whatever. But if it does really good, and you're like, hmm. Are maybe, we going to put? Maybe we should put a little bit more effort into the Switch. and Maybe a GTA 5 port? See, and I talked about that with a, with a friend at work, and uh, it, it's completely playable on a PS3 with 150-something um, like megabyte RAM. That's not to say that the Switch, even though it's more higher-advanced tech, could, could run. It's not a factor of could it run it, could it run it smoothly enough. Right. Um, and I guess that's something they would have to sit down and go, what can we trim from this? Is it draw distance? Is it this? Is it, you know, it, it, it wouldn't be, of course, on par with your PS4 and Xbox One well, versions yeah. of the game, but you're getting the mobility of it yep. would be the, the uptick on that. Up next, Breath of the Wild. I don't really have much to say. It's, it's Breath switch, of the Wild. It's, it, it's Breath of the Wild. We've talked about this game to death uh, this year. Of course, originally played this on the Wii U. Never beat it. I got distracted by by Andromeda. Want to go back to it, and I always said, "Man, I might just wait till I get the Switch version to just really dive back into it and start over." And because I wasn't that far, I, I beat one Divine Beast, and it was on my way to the second. So, right. I mean, I kept getting distracted doing those damn temples. So, yeah, that's kind of kind of one of the points of it. But awesome big world game, and of course, as we record this, just this past Thursday, of course, a week ago now. If you're watching this on release day, um, they just released the last uh, DLC for it. The so. Ballad of the Champions. Yeah. So uh, there's a $20 season pass for that. I heard that FF15 is getting a second season pass. <laughs> yep. Just thought I'd throw that in there. Just, just, I don't know. Yep. So, again, nothing inside except for that small little cart. Tiny little cart for you know, big case. I like these cases better than like the 3DS cases. Yes. Though. 
Uh, it kind of reminds me of the uh, of like the PSP cases. Yep. A little, a little thinner though. Last but not least, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles Two. So I love Xenoblade Chronicles One. Played it on the Wii. Played X a little bit. I didn't. I didn't really dive into it as much as I wanted to. It didn't really interest me because uh, when I played the first one on the Wii, I was like, "Boo! This game is freaking awesome!" And then I get to X, I'm like, "This is not the same <laughs> anything." Yeah. So it. Not, that, that's, it's not that I don't ever want to play it. It was just like, man, even uh, that, that's what I get for going into a game a little blind. I I need to play it. Same. Finish it. Not much in here. There's a season pass for this too, uh, and it and this uh, Xenoblade Chronicles Two is the sequel. It's uh, its own story. You don't need to play the first one. Right. Uh, it's kind of like well, you know, your your Tales games or your Final Fantasy, where the next one is a right. different story and world. But it's got the same sort of style and look and feel of the original Xenoblade Chronicles and not the X. So, Yeah, I'm interested to see it. Play it a little bit. Looks like kind of the same fighting style as X. Kind of. Mm, it, excluding the mechs. It's more akin to the original. And right. The second one was a little different. Or the X was a bit different. But yeah, I've got two more games coming in the mail. And uh, I might just save those for the next episode. That way, I'm going to show it to you. But uh, so those are my pickups. You didn't have any? Uh, nope, pickups. not this week. You're listening to the Voice of Survival Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Your host, Nate Phillips. Everybody struggles with something. Yeah, any any struggle I have had is has just been purely mental, just going through something that I needed to grow from, you know? Totally. And so. and, and see that's an important look, see, this is you're doing the thing without me even asking. I was gonna say it later in the episode, but I think we can just talk about it now. If there was any advice you can give people to get through struggles, because I do know hearing you talk on podcastrophy being your friend that you do struggle with stuff sometimes and it yeah. gets you and it puts you in a it just like a, a fugue state yeah where everything like time almost mm. stops and and, and i know it, it, the walls cave in on you your brain is your worst enemy oh it can be yeah for sure so what do you do to get through all of that like what's your what do i do honestly i just I've always been a huge proponent for strength of the mind. Okay. Like you, I, if I were to give anybody advice is that you are in control. Yeah. And that's not always the case. Some people have more severe things that like control them. Like depression ain't no shit. And I mean, well said, <laughs> I know that's like depression very- and anxiety ain't no shit. And it's, it's, I mean, not that I've had anything that I couldn't handle, but like for myself, the it, like I said, my my only advice is like you are in control, like your brain, all that stuff, it's just in your head. Yeah, and you just have to learn how to. And, and that that could go for people with the more severe stuff. I mean, to an extent, because obviously there's some chemicals going, there's some misfires going, and you know they they're gonna need that help. They're gonna need that extra push that medication can give them, and but the medication can only do so much. Well, and I think we're in an era where medication can 
become like people's worst enemies. You start to look at these older folks. Like I, th- I think about my dad, and he takes medicine to not hurt, and then he takes medicine to so, counteract yeah. the medicine that he's which you taking. talked about that recently. You know, and it's just like I, I don't want that to be the future of this world. Oh, I feel no. like there are there are better, safer options, and I hope that the literal opioid pandemic that's hitting this country like finds a way to stop but i feel like mm-hmm. we're we're really we're at the tip of the iceberg right now like this is just starting you know they think it's bad now like it's only just it's right. only just getting here as soon as you make it known that there's a problem the problem only gets worse before yeah. it gets better so so back to the music though i don't want to mm-hmm. i don't want to skip on on that and we're going to we'll keep going kind of back and forth with all this stuff so with the music you find some heavier stuff you're talking about lamb of god bodum so yeah. on does that inspire you to pick up the guitar? Is that where it comes from? Is there, um, a, you know, kind of? Uh, so, Pantera is the main reason I picked up guitar, uh, particularly the song "Floods." Yeah, yeah, we've, we've, we've talked about this. We, had... <laughs> so, Pantera "Floods" mostly the outro, and I love the, I love the solo, but I I love the outro, and so I wanted to pick that up. Uh, at the time, I had actually started. Uh, hanging out with people that were playing instruments like I had uh, my friend Rebecca uh, from she went to Rossville uh, and so she she played guitar she mostly played like Def Leppard Beatles Blink 182 stuff like that and then I had my friend Kyle who we were just talking about him yesterday Kyle guitar player turned drummer no different way no yeah no that not not him okay (laughs) not kyle chrisman no this is kyle brown okay who uh funny connection to the network uh i met uh michael norris through him oh cool so you and mike know each other through this guy Uh uh-huh that's awesome yeah back when he was known as little mike little mike little mike because there was a big mike so they needed a little mike (laughs) but he's kind of tall and kind of big though but big mike is just Big. He's just big. He's, <laughs> He's the big just old a big boy. guy. All right, I got you. Um, so, and he played guitar, and he, he played the heavier side of things, like the Pantera. Gotcha. He's what he's he's the guy who got me really heavy into Pantera. Uh, I was already into Mudvayne, so he didn't really get me into that. But he got God, me into that Pantera. First, that first Mudvayne album, LD Fifty. I'm a big fan of End of All Things. End of All Things is another great album. Too. Oh yeah. Oh gosh, uh, that had... those first three albums were just fantastic. Yes, absolutely, absolutely agree. That's something we've not really dished on is my love for Mudvayne. No, uh, we haven't. Big, huge fan. <laughs> uh, Death Blooms is probably my favorite song of theirs all time. Like, there's there's a lot of great stuff on End of All Things to come. And that what's that third album? I can picture the cover. Lost and Found. Lost and Found, because it's uh, the kid going through the storm. Uh-huh. They had, like, Fallen to Sleep was on there, and uh, that song they used for one of the Saw soundtracks was on there. Yeah. Can, can you guess my... Okay, I do this to you every time whenever you we found do, a band. And you pick fucking obscure-ass songs. Because you, you would have never guessed that Pan, or Pantera song was Yesterday Don't Mean Shit. You know what I think? I think World So Cold by Mudvayne is your favorite song. I believe that might be my second favorite oh, song. Oh, so <laughs> second close. or third. Okay, so what's the first? You're not going to try to guess? Um, one more guess. Man. Is it the same album? No. Okay, god damn it. I feel like I need the track listings. I haven't listened <laughs> to these albums in a, in a hot minute. I, un, un, fortunately, unfortunately, I can remember shit like that like no problem i have awesome recall when it comes to songs i can't think of the name of the song it's off the first album right keep going right it's on the first album and it's like 
I can. <laughs> I don't do this. I can on tell voice. you my favorite songs off the first album. Obviously, dig. D- well, yeah. Dig. Uh, uh, what's that? Uh, you already said it. Death blooms. Death blooms. Nothing to gain. Nothing to gain is an awesome about song. Ed Gain. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Mud Vein. Mud Vein band. They're from Peoria, Illinois. Yep. yep. Uh, and I feel like somebody I know's like grandma babysat them. Legit. <laughs> like I feel like that's like a real thing. Somebody in my past, uh, definitely like babysat Greg and Chad. Is from that's what I was at least told. Happy is that your jam? No. That's not even on. No, that's LD50. on. That's on the third one. Happy's uh, fucking good though. Yeah, it is. So LD fifty came out in two thousand. Yes. Okay. So that's interesting. That's pretty loud, by the way. <laughs> um, let's see here, 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 here. We're gonna look at. Man, I look at all these songs. IPF, Internal Primates Forever. That's an all right one. No, I'm, okay. So you've you've had your you, you I've had, had your my guess. chances. All right. So it wasn't off of LD fifty. Jerk. <laughs> and you've already actually kind of mentioned it. It was the song that was on the Saw soundtrack. Oh, forget to remember. Forget to remember. My well, favorite I for, song. And see, I forgot. Forget to remember. That was my favorite song overall for the longest time because I love the lyrics. I love the idea behind it. I love the the dichotomy and forget and remember. I like songs that do that. I like yes. anything that has an awesome dichotomy like that. Absolutely. Um, Mudvayne is phenomenal. It's weird. And that's a weird um, tying thing together, too, because parts of Mudvayne join parts of Pantera to form Hell Yeah. Unfortunately. But you know what I like? Fortunately, first, unfortunately. I liked the first Hell Yeah album. The first one was good. Second, third, no. No. Fourth, uh, Blood for Blood, uh, that was a good CD. That was I really haven't heard CD. Blood for Blood yet. Uh, the title track's not that great. <laughs> okay. Well. It, it, the, the, I think the, the title track is actually Sangre por Sangre. Okay. Blood for Blood. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they, they had a song on there called Moth. Okay. Awesome fucking song. Okay. Is it like a little bit of return to form? A little heavier? I feel like Mud... Yeah, or I that feel CD like, was heavier. I called it Mudvayne. I feel like Hell Yeah started off as like, we're kind of Pantera, we're kind of Mudvayne, and we're kind of country. And then they forgot the first two things I said and were just kind of country. Yeah, and the they were Stampede just was totally really like a country, country, like an outlaw fucking country. I know. I bought it and I didn't. I listened to it once and I was just like, why did I buy this? I feel so I like, bummed. I like the singles off of it, but, yeah, but the CD. still, eh. my thing is when I buy a, a CD, if I'm going to buy an album, you have four songs. If you can give me with four songs, I will buy it. But I learned lessons leading up to that that make me <laughs> not buy CDs on a, oh, I like that band. Like, I bought uh, Taproot, their first album. <laughs> yeah. One song. I shouldn't have bought the album. Just listen to Poem once in a while. It's on YouTube. You can find it. <laughs> yeah. That's all they had, man. I'm not trying to be shitty, but I'm just keeping it real. So let's get back into you and, and what's going on. When do you pick up your first guitar? How does that all happen? I you, Obviously, you're watching your friends play. So my mom, she was dating slash living with... We were living with this guy named Dave. Okay. And, uh, he, what's up, Dave? He was... Uh, <laughs> He was a very well-off person. He he owned his own realty company. Okay. Selling farmland, farm realty, so tons of money in that. Gotcha. Uh, and he was also a singer-songwriter. Oh. Uh, 
uh, along the lines of like John Mellencamp, stuff like that. I gotcha. And so he had acoustics. He had acoustics laying around. He had an ele- a couple electric guitars laying around. He had a like a Digitech uh, RP150, I think. Ooh. Uh, it, nice it was pedal. like the bigger one. Yeah. And I, so uh, right around that time, like when I when we were living with him or she was living with him, I was in Delphi, but uh, I'd go to there on the weekends and hang out with my friend Kyle and watch him play. So then I'd be like, well, there's a guitar here. And at the time, like I didn't obviously didn't know what the hell I didn't know string gauges. I didn't know tunings. I just knew there's strings. You plug it into an amp and you strum, and you put your fingers places. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Okay. So <laughs> what did you do? So I plugged it into his amp. And okay. I plugged it into the I plugged it into the pedal, and I just strummed and just messed around on like the inner Sandman fucking okay <laughs> the, the setting on that. So you kind of just like. You didn't really even know how to make no. it. You were just making noise. Yeah, basically. Okay. Strumming patterns. Okay. So what? Uh, I know the first. I know it's like everybody's first song, and I, of course, "Smoke on the Water" was the first thing I learned on guitar. I don't know if that was your first song, but what was the first thing you like could play, and you were like, huh, "I just played that fucking song." It's time for Brews with Dudes. Ah, juicy. What are you harping on about? The beer school, bro. You still talking about the beer school? If you would have been sitting down and paying attention. I learned about how... The, the motherfucker that went up and was... You shut, you shut it, Creed. But, uh, you're going to read my knuckles again. Got... Don't talk about my mom. Don't talk about my mom. Don't talk about my mom. Pick up your hey, cup. Pick up your cup, Nick. This is this is your beer. What is this we're drinking? This is the Porter from Crasian, uh, a brewery in Brookston, Indiana. Oh man. Really? I don't like dark chocolate. Ooh. It's like they do this to me every episode that I'm on here. They know I'm going to be on the show and they're like, this is dark chocolate beer. No, that's not how it is. Isis, stop it, baby. That's go. not how it is. It's not, a, it's not a strip table for dogs. Of course, Isis is here and she's starting to get on the table again. Typical. It's okay. It's okay. She's adorable. She can do almost anything she wants. What would you rather have? What would you rather drink? Anything without a dark chocolate brew. What is it with you and dark chocolate? Well, I don't like dark chocolate. It don't taste right to me. He he likes he likes milk. I like chocolate. I like the I like the chocolate milk in blended in with a little bit of white. He likes that caramel mocha sort of <laughs> taste. <laughs> He's like I don't know what the fuck to say now. Your taste buds develop over time, so if you keep exposing it, maybe you'll eventually learn to appreciate it. No. Yeah, keep exposing yourself, Creed. Okay, I'll definitely do that, Austin. Yeah, not around me. Yeah, I don't like go. cigarettes. That's good. Some wacky tobacco. Yeah, cigarettes. Wacky tobacco. Cigarettes wreck your palate. They will destroy your taste buds and Vire keep you from actually enjoying, enjoying true flavor. Blah. This is great. I'm enjoying it. What does what does everyone besides Creed think about this one? No, oh, I'm I'm enjoying this one. I actually enjoyed the. I've enjoyed all three. Like Guinness. For a while there, it tasted just like dirty water, but I haven't had it for a while. And coming back to it, it's actually... <laughs> dirty water. At one point, it tasted like dirty water because I really uh, diluted my palate with like really heavy 
IPAs and hoppy beers. I went just mostly strictly double and triple IPAs and imperial IPAs and imperial reds. So when it came to the stouts and anything not that, it tasted dirty to me because my palate wasn't trained to taste the flavors and the nuances within them. Dirty water, huh? So it tastes like dirty water. <laughs> a lot of dirty things You've enter your palate. Boston. 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 <laughs> <laughs> gonna go to the garden? Never, never tasted the garbage water. With the, are you gonna get a salad? Oh, yeah, the gas water. With that? A dirty salad. What Ted say? Garden. Have you ever heard a Boston girl have an orgasm? What is the end of that? What's the punchline? <laughs> Ted, um, the movie Ted. Have you seen the movie Ted? Yeah. Then one in the first one, he was like, "Hey, have you ever heard a, a Boston woman have an orgasm?" Oh yeah, harder, harder. harder. Now I'm gonna go stuff my face in Pepper's farm. <laughs> oh, wow. Wait, wait. Papa's what? Pepper's farm. Pepper's farm. <laughs> it's one of those trashy names with the with the double name like Lee. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Y'all need to explain it. I don't get it. You need to watch the movie. If you haven't seen the movie Ted, you gotta watch it. What's the reference? We're, we're referencing the movie. Yeah. Ted. If you haven't seen the movie, you need to watch it for real. You'll enjoy it. It's funny. She's wanting us to explain the joke. Not as powerful as an Apache Blackhawk helicopter. Because He's just gonna keep making references. He's just gonna keep making references instead of explaining the one. Like, boom! Can you explain that one reference? No, no. I will just, I will just give you more references. Rude. Let's finish this yeah. one. Because they have down the hatch, down the hatch, and fifty caliber machine. Hello. Mm. I dove in. I'm already done. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm done. I couldn't wow. Catch the pun. Wow. I want to see you finish this, Creed. Come on, down the hatch. Come on, Creed. Go, 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 go. Wow. He's good at opening wow. his throat. Okay. Yeah, the women like it. Okay. All now that it, all, all that taco in one mouth at once. Man, I could I could go for some tacos right now, honestly. <laughs> I just had I had two steak tacos today. Dude. What about, with a large alchata? Oh mm. my god. Mm. Somebody Ooh. Ooh, I know oh, what I tacos, want tacos I want. I know what tacos I want. That is the pastor. Yeah, El Pastor. Oh, I got him hooked on a taco called Al Pastor, man. He's El Pastor tacos. You had tacos and you did right before you came here and you did not bring tacos? Bro, it was no, I had to fix my stomach. I blacked out about an hour at Champs. I don't remember shit. Before you came here? No. This was yesterday. Oh, that's is that where you had you got the tacos yesterday? The tacos you were eating today were leftover tacos? No, the tacos I had today were delivered to me. Why didn't you? But you. That's what we just got on you about. You were coming over. I had. I need something for my stomach before I was thinking about y'all. I'm sorry. I did not eat all day. I was fucked up. My stomach was bubbling, and out. You want to really know what was going on? No. 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 We don't. No. No. We're done. We're done. We're gonna. We need to move on to the next beer. That's what we need to do. We're about to move on to the next beer. You guys are like, hold on. about to get graphic. Austin, leave this mic with ISIS on the couch. Why are you gonna do that? No ISIS. No licking. Uh, Isis. Isis, that is my mic. Goodness gracious, what in the dark? Come on, that's See, enough of that. your mic. Your your mic got French kissed by Isis. It did, but Isis is sweet, so <laughs> and she it's liked gonna it. Gonna be all right. She's a <laughs> so Creed, has it been a, has it been a good birthday? 
Yeah, it's been good so far. It's about to be part two. Yeah. And then this weekend, if I have the extra phones, looks like that. Hopefully, I do. We're gonna have some fucking fun. I'm gonna have a blast with y'all. I'm excited. We're oh, going. Yeah. We're going to hit up a couple breweries. We're going to Founders up in Michigan, and then 18th Street in Hammond, and then we're gonna swing on over to Fort Wayne and go see Steel Panther. You guys, you, you guys, you guys might have to carry me because I'm going. It's still my birthday month. Fuck a birthday day. It's so my birthday month. You're going all month. All right. Yeah. So y'all gonna? God, God, drag me. So I'm gonna get my legs. I'm gonna get my arms. Oh, I'll drag you. I'll drag you the whole way. Hell no. I was playing about the dragon. That's why I said somebody get my legs. I'm gonna get my arms. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I'll get it. We'll get a wagon. He's trying to torture me. We'll get a wagon. As long as you don't fucking tear me up by my ankles and fucking drag me down the street with the fucking truck, Austin. I'm not gonna truck, do Austin. something. I'm not gonna do something rude like that. You heard what I said? I said Austin. Yeah. <laughs> do what? Nothing. What? Nothing. I mean, nothing. Nothing. You did not hear nothing at all. Saying, it's an idea in my head. And I might do it. No. So here we are. Beer number four. Big final thank beer you. of the night. <laughs> Another one from the Ryan guys. We're all big fans of the Ryan guys around here. Um. Austin, you brought this one. Which one are we drinking tonight? We are drinking the uh, Ryan Guys Knowledge. It is a Imperial IPA. It is sitting at a solid 8.5 ABV and a 98 IBU. So this is going to be heavy and strong. A perfect way to finish the night. Am Am I right? Hold on, how? This is the last one? We got like half an hour left. We don't have a half an hour left. <laughs> this is a super special edition. Oh, so we're going to go all night. Whoa. We don't have nearly nearly enough beer to go all night. I guess technically, if I was feeling super froggy, we could pull out that uh, Goose County. No, we do need a champion. The Goose County... It's not Goose County. That's hilarious. Goose Island, Bourbon County. Three, one, two. Three. Well, well, yeah. they well, they, well, they, hey, they're, they're made in Chicago, so it's a shout out to three, one, two area code, not the beer. Anyone listening that understands what I was trying to say is yeah. going to think I'm a total fucking dumbass. But uh, which? To every now and again, to interrupt and bring us back to this beer, we're about. To How about before you start rambling, we we toast. Get a group gulp going on the Imperial IPA. Salute. Hello. Oh, that is good. Ooh. Damn. Yeah, I can see you got a fucking really you got head in your mustache. That is. Mm. No, that was his. Oh wow. This is this is the one I bought. I mm. I bought it ahead of time. High five. Oh. High five. Getting the high fives over here already. There and, we go. And, and the and the backhand high fives. She, she gave you the bitch slap. High fives. He deserves uh, both. To read the can, as Nick and I so talked about earlier, that we enjoy. We doing. like doing that. Everyone, while you're drinking, close your eyes and close your imagine. Eyes. <laughs> <laughs> She's a gagger. <laughs> Brie Bri was not ready for that amount of stupidity. <laughs> <laughs> close your eyes and imagine what. <laughs> Just, you, you listen, just, <laughs> just fill in the blank. Just listen <laughs> listen to my voice and let it take you on a journey. Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman.
don't know how many of you went on the Turtles All the Way Down tour, but if you did, you know that that is the passage that John Green also picked out. It's one of those moments early on in the book that gives you insight into what is going through this girl's head almost every waking moment of her existence. Aza is consumed by her inner voices, one of course being the voice of reason, the other being along the lines of a dark internal twin who never lets her have any peace. I think this is something that many readers can relate to. Um, I don't personally struggle with OCD, but I do suffer from PTSD, anxiety, and depression. I was able to see a lot of my own daily struggles in Aza. Because of this, it did kind of make it hard to read at times. It brought me to a lot of tears. It brought on a very long process of self-reflection. But it also made me feel like I wasn't completely alone. I think a lot of people who struggle in this way find it hard to feel understood. Because of these thoughts, they can make you feel crazy. These thoughts can make you feel like you're the only one with these issues. And it can make it hard to live like that day after day. And John Green captures that perfectly in this book, in my opinion. John Green does suffer with OCD. If you are a fan of his and his brother's YouTube channel, Vlogbrothers, then you have probably seen his videos discussing his mental illness. You can see so much of John Green in this book, and that's part of why it is officially my favorite book of his. Back to the topic of the Turtles All the Way Down tour, I'm gonna be completely honest. As soon as I saw the tickets were on sale, I was on top of it and bought them right away. It didn't even matter if we were gonna be broke or not, even though it was only $24, but still. Um, but yeah, there was definitely no way I was gonna miss seeing John and Hank Green in person. I've been a Vlogbrothers fan for many years and read Looking for Alaska back when I was in seventh grade and instantly fell in love with John Green's quirky characters and writing style. But yeah, it was a night filled with many tears, a lot of laughing, and as I'm gonna repeat myself again, it started with that passage that I read earlier from Turtles All the Way Down. Um, but I was kind of shocked to see how many of the audience members actually cried during that. Um, I was among them, but um, a lot of people hadn't actually read the book yet that were there, even though it came out a couple weeks earlier prior to me going. Um, but yeah, the topic of mental illness was very emotional for so many people there, and it was kind of heartbreaking and refreshing to see at the same time. And yeah, after that we got to experience Hank Green dressed up in a turtle costume disguised as Dr. Lawrence Turtleman, if I recall that correctly. Um, but he discussed a lot of animal-related topics, including the history of Atuatara, which is related to turtles all the way down. As weird as that is, Atuatara actually has a very big role in that book. Anyway, um... Then we got to listen to a live Dear Hank and John podcast, which was really exciting. Though, I have to admit, I'm not completely caught up on their podcast at all. I'm not even close. Because, ironically, I suck at listening to podcasts as I sit here talking for a podcast. <laughs> yeah, after all that, um, we listened to Hank Green play some music. John Green danced all over the stage, and that was kind of exciting to see. Um, and the night was over far too fast, and I was kind of sad to walk away from it. I wish I could relive it a bit, but, you know, that's not exactly possible. So yeah, that was the Turtles All the Way Down tour. Um, another topic that has kind of come up is that Turtles All the Way Down might be being made into a movie. 
which I'm actually kind of surprised by this since Turtles All the Way Down is inside of Aza's thoughts for most of it. So how they're going to visualize the OCD disorder without using most of the usual tropes found in these types of films will kind of be extremely interesting to see how they go about it. Um, Turtles All the Way Down is going to be produced by the same people who did The Fault in Our Stars and Paper Towns. Um, so far, I personally think they've done really well for his books. I mean, obviously most of the time the book is always better than the movie, but they stuck true to most of it, and I'm hoping that they treat Turtles All the Way Down with the same respect as they did The Fault in Our Stars and Paper Towns. So there you have it. That is my spiel on Turtles All the Way Down. Um, I, I loved this fucking book. I would give it a 10 out of 10. I would recommend it to anybody, especially anybody with mental illness. I, it may be a difficult read. It may take a few days of just sitting it down and thinking about it, but I mean, it's worth a read.